0: For six generations, the Jones family has been providing high-quality meats. And now, we're providing treats for the best member of your family, man's best friend, a.k.a. the goodest boys and girls. Jones Natural Shoes makes bones and treats that are sure to be savored by your dog and are made from the best natural ingredients available. Our flavorful chews are made from natural animal parts, and will have your puppy drooling with happiness. From treats like sticks and chews to savory bones and patties, we've got you covered for finding the perfect reward for that special pup in your life. Jones Natural Chews come in all sizes, so make sure to choose the right treat for your pup. And remember, it's important to be supervising your pup when they're enjoying their treats to keep your puppy safe. Jones Natural Chews, available at a pet store near you, or visit jonesnaturalchews.com to get started with our store locator tool. That's Jones Natural Chews. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax Full Service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Welcome to the Heal Thrive Dream podcast, where trauma survivors become healthy thrivers. Each month, we'll feature a theme in the trauma recovery and empowerment field. To promote your recovery, healing, and learning how to build dreams, here's your host, Karen Robinson, transformational coach and therapist. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Heal Thrive Dream Podcast. Today, our special guest is Sonia Mack. Sonia is a mom, a wife, an author, a creator, and by day, she works as a physician assistant. We are so thrilled to have her here. And Sonia, what I want you to first do after, you know, saying hello is... Let us know the name of the company you founded.
1: Sure. Well, thank you again for um, inviting me on. And I just, I love your story. We had a chance to talk about that just a little bit before we started. And just especially um, what you've created. I love that. And um, just the message of allowing people to dream again. It's my favorite. So, um, yeah. So, like you said, my name's Sonia Mack, and I created the Live Joy Life. And really, it, um, was born kind of out of my own pain, but it became something greater than that when I realized that um, I could use these principles that I had uh, learned about as I was going through that difficult time to help other women give their pain a purpose and um, find joy again. And we do that through the Live Joy Life principles, some mindset, um, God for God, of course, and it's just been, um, such a wonderful thing for me to be able to share with all these other women and just hear their stories and learn from them as well. So yeah, when did you company? Yeah, I started the live joy life. Um, the idea for it probably about, Oh, five years ago, but really started building it in the last year. Um, And it's really gaining momentum. A dear friend of mine is also helping with a little offshoot of it that we call Soul Sisters Unscripted. Um, We feel like it's really important to have a supportive community when you're going through something. Um, that's painful or traumatic or causing grief um, you know people that feel uh, that you feel comfortable talking to about it who you know will support you um, and just understand because I think a lot of us who have gone through something um, traumatic or painful we feel um Like nobody understands us. Like it's hard, you know, some of your normal friends or your normal family members, though they really want to help, um, sometimes they don't understand. And so just having that supportive community is really important. Um, and, um, yeah, so then as you know, you mentioned, I'm an author as when I was writing my book, uh, it just, the live joy life really just blossomed because a lot of that, um, meaning for the live joy life came through when I was writing the book. Yeah. And I understand that it launched in December. Yes, it did launch in December, which is so exciting. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a true story. Um, actually, uh, based on a true story, it's kind of my, I call it my own pain to purpose story. And, um, my mom passed in 2010 from ALS. Um, so just the briefest version of that. Um, And I was having a lot of trouble with kind of figuring out what the rest of my life looked like without my mom because I was only 29 at the time. And there was a lot of big, painful things that kept happening. And um, I just really at first wanted to write this book to remind myself that, you know, my memories of her were so strong. I could write her back into the story. Well, it became pretty clear, pretty fast as I was writing, um, my book, which is called, uh, this changes everything when death no longer has the final say, um, that the story was so much more than just my story. It was a story for other people to a story to give them hope. Um, people who are grieving, people who found loss, you know, people who just want to give their pain a purpose too. It just, it just felt like it was uh, meant for so much more. So I'm really excited to see that out and um, just uh, helping other people the way it was meant to.
0: Wow. Yeah. ALS, that sounds pretty heavy. Were you and your mom close before she became ill?
1: Yes. um, So people jokingly called my mom and I two peas in a God pod um, or my mom or my, my brother called me her mini me. Um, We were very close. I, I often kind of joke that she was my compass. Uh, She was my best friend. I, I just, we did everything together. I was younger than my brother and sister by seven and nine years. So anybody who's the baby of the family understands that, you know, you're usually, your relationship with your mom or dad whoever is kind of your closer parent is is often a little bit different when you're the youngest and so my mom and I did everything together so that's why it was especially um traumatic for me when you know going through um, ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, just knowing that there wasn't anything that we could do to stop that. And then, um, ultimately just realizing that I was going to lose that incredibly important person in my life. So, um, yeah, it, she was, she was the best, <laughs> but that's also another very fun part for me with the book being out now is, uh, every people are getting to meet so much of her. Uh, so I get to continue to share that legacy. Um, I think, uh, that's, you know, and that's really helpful too, is finding, um, things to look forward to in the future. So. Beautiful. Yeah. And, uh, the book,
0: Amazon typical bookstore.
1: Yeah, it's available anywhere books are sold. Yep, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, um, all of those places. So um, I know it's available in quite a few of the local bookstores here in Des Moines. I'm not sure about some of the other ones around the country. But yeah, the major booksellers it's available in. Oh, so cool. And what an honor to your mom. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes, yes. And is your mom the reason for the book or is there other other traumas that you included in your story.
1: Yeah, so um that was one of the biggest reasons like I said for writing it was um I so my first child uh was born 9 years ago and she um had you know had to go to the NICU and then had colic and so that was very traumatic and then my second child who was born 6 years ago um had a major medical condition and we didn't know if she was going to survive when she was born. And still, um, still is doing very well, really considering, but, um, you know, we still have that. And one of the things I like to talk about sometimes is that, you know, grief is not, uh, just losing someone you love. Um, you know, grief is, grief is the loss of an expectation for the future, you know, whether that means, you know, you expected, um, whatever way that, life, um, kind of gave you something that, um, changed what your future was going to be. So for me specifically, obviously I do grieve the loss of my mom, but I, I grieve the loss of a normal newborn period. I, I don't know what it is like to have a baby that, uh, just sits with you in the nursery and is healthy and then comes home with you a couple of days later. You know, that wasn't my story for either one of those. And, um, but for some people it's, you know, um, sexual trauma for some people. It's um loss of a you know, I work a lot with breast cancer patients. So a diagnosis, which can be extremely traumatic for people. Um so there's just the I think there's this overwhelming um feeling for me to just want to express to so many people that it's okay to, to be grieving. And it doesn't just necessarily mean that you have to be grieving someone. It can be, there's a lot of reasons why we grieve. Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. So tell me a little more about what you do for women in your, in your program.
1: Yeah. And the live joy life. Yep. So, um, we really start, so the live joy life is, um, made specifically more for kind of the the woman who feels, um, that they have gotten their, um, they are ready to kind of, they, they've processed their grief or trauma in such a way that they are ready to then turn the pain that they were feeling, um, into a purpose, into a reason, give it meaning now. Um, so I, I um, we really help in the early stages to um help kind of calm that chaos that goes on in our minds. So many of us are busy working moms and it's hard for us to even know what that next step is because we are so busy. Um so with the live joy life we really talk about um I I call it the ACE method. Uh it's something that I created that came about um through God for me, faith is huge in my life, but um, just these principles that came through. So assessing all of the overwhelm, all of the chaos, all of the things that are that we have on our list that are making it so that we feel so overwhelmed. And then contemplating is really sitting with um, those areas of overwhelm and with the live joy life principles, which are things like faith, hope, love, and being able to look at, okay, so my areas of overwhelm include right now, possibly, you know, maybe it's my job. And then, you know, I'm still processing a little of, I'm still processing some of this trauma I'm going through, or I, um, you know, maybe my marriage is not doing as well as I had hoped, whatever the areas, you know, the kind of the highest areas of overwhelm are. And then we sit with the contemplation of which of these, life spiritual um, principles are coming up to me as ways that I can then help move through that chaos that's coming. And then, so for instance, maybe I I choose uh, faith and generosity and forgiveness Mm -hmm. as my three. And then execute is just really working with these women to how can I bring those principles into uh, fruition? How can I move through those to um, kind of feel like these areas of my life are a little more under control so that I'm open to seeing, okay, Now that I feel like I have a little bit more control over my mind and um, my thoughts, now I can look forward. And like you said, dream, right? Um, I love that so much because I think that's one of the things that we let go of sometimes when we're, um, when we're going through something painful or grief or trauma is we forget that, you know, we still get to dream in the end. And so, that's really what it is is it's kind of a process early stages are helping people kind of contain that chaos overcome the overwhelm second stage is more managing mindset um things like recognizing that fear is a liar that's how that's how we say it um but and um just gratitude how important that is stillness um recognizing how important taking care of ourselves are things like that. So, and then really getting into how can my particular story be of purpose um, in the future. So there's kind of some stages there too, but that's the the fastest way I can give you the, uh, the um, story. Yeah. Well, I also love the idea of your program.
0: My guess is, and I mean, you've, you've certainly articulated this as well, is that it's pretty holistic because it talks about faith. Mm-hmm. I hear it's a mindset. Mm-hmm. And then you're a physician assistant. So there's there's the, I'm sure you can't leave what you your medical knowledge out of the door when you're working with women. So I, I think that's a beautiful combination. It sounds pretty holistic. Would you agree that's holistic?
1: Yeah. I, yes. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. I love, I do. It, it definitely focuses on, um, I think so often, especially as women and especially if we're moms, um, or wives and, and, you know, or we have, we just are spinning a lot of plates. Um, we forget to take care of ourselves. And so, um, that, It really does have kind of the mind, body, soul connection, um, making sure we take care of ourselves on all those levels. So, yeah, it really it really does kind of hit on all of those. Yeah,
0: my editor will take care of all those little. (laughs) Totally okay.
1: (laughs) Okay. God for editors, right? (laughs) Because they do the same in books. (laughs) Let's pause
0: for a minute so we can she knows where to
1: stop. Yeah.
0: Okay, well, um, your program sounds really fascinating and exactly um, something that a lot of women could benefit from. Uh, what type of women do you tend to attract? Is it someone middle-aged? Is it younger moms? Is it the, the spectrum? Do you have some older women in it?
1: Yeah, it does tend to attract more kind of... Um, what, what I like to call high achieving, which just high achieving only means that they, they have a lot of plates spinning. So they probably have, they're usually working moms, um, that are also trying to kind of start, like they're trying to do something on the side also. So they just have a lot of plates in the air. Um, it does tend to probably cater a little bit more towards, um, I would say people uh, whose children are, you know, still of school age um just because that I probably because that's the age that I'm at and so it seems to be most relatable I would say um we're really ramping up um kind of the coaching aspect of things and then r- want to work towards, um, kind of doing, uh, our, our dream, our goal for the long-term is to do some conferences, um, some that are more high energy, um, group-based, and then some that, some that are more quiet, still spiritual kind of things, just for people who are looking for more of the rest side of the program. Um, cause I think, you know, it's important to note that we're not all the same. Some of us, we thrive on the, you know, the go girl kind of thing. Um, yes, give me the big conference, the music and the, 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 all the women. And some of us are more, a little more introverted and just need that time away to be quiet and, um, self, uh, introspective. So, um, I would say that's typically more, um, who, who the program relates to, um, and I mean, same the, on the, on the flip side of that, um, the book itself, uh, is kind of geared towards most women of most ages. Um, because I think, you know, a lot of women who are, um, more in the, um, you know, their kids are a little bit older and maybe they're even having grandkids. They're going to relate a lot more to my mom. <laughs> um, cause she is quite the hoot, actually and um you know where the uh people that are more like what we just talked about are going to relate a little more to um my character in the story sure i i'm curious about your faith flat because it
0: sounds like it was a um one of the biggest tools going through what about your faith are you um willing to share with us today
1: yeah i will share i will be completely honest with you so um I write in the book, uh, in This Changes Everything, I write about that, you know, growing up, we my mom had a quiet faith, I call it, where she believed that God existed, um, but we didn't really go to church. The reason I went to church when I was a kid was because my grandparents would take me out to eat afterwards. Um, And I was like, yes, take me to the restaurants. So I would sit, you know, um, I was, I'm raised Catholic. So I, they were sitting, you know, we, I'd sit in the pew and do the things that I was supposed to knowing that grandma and grandpa would take me out to eat afterwards. Um, and then that really started, you know, God really started to come into my life a little more as I went into high school and had some friends that were really into the faith, um, just all different types of religions, really. Um, and so that's when I really started to kind of that grow that side of my life. Um, but I'll be honest, when my mom passed, um, you know, I went through a period of time where I... I will use the word hate and I don't use the word hate often. You know, I felt like I hated God um, or even questioned whether he existed um, at that period of time, but I'm a writer. So I continued to journal and I wrote about all that in my journals about, you know, my anger and my frustration, just um, how- why would you do this? Why would you, you know, let me go through this? And, um, He just kept saying to me something bigger, something different. And, you know, that in and of itself still kept made made me mad. I was like, what are you talking about? Something bigger, something different. How is this extremely painful thing going to end up being something bigger or something different? And it was years, 15 years actually, I was just talking to somebody about this, that that something bigger, something different just kept sitting on my heart. Well, God knew that I needed to go through. The pain and grief of losing my mom. I needed to go through the birth of both of my children and a few, you know, other things that kind of came up along the way in order for my full message of your pain having purpose to come into fruition. And so, yeah, my faith walk has been like a lot of people's. I feel like it, you know, there's times when it was really really powerful in times when there was almost nothing um, existent. But I would say right now at this period in my life um, my my faith is by far the strongest it's ever been and I think it's because of that message that God has put on my heart that my pain has purpose. Um, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Romans 8:28 which is all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose and it helped me remember, okay, all things have purpose. All things have meaning. It's just we have to, when we're ready, because that's a big thing. Some people aren't ready. Um, that, that's something I am very cognizant of is some people are not yet ready to hear that message and that's okay. That's They're just in a different journey um, a different place in their journey than I am. And that doesn't mean anything, um, bad about them or that they're in the wrong place or it's just that they're not quite ready for that message yet. And that's okay. That's an okay place to be. Um, so yeah, it's just, um, that verse has always carried me through and helped me remember that whatever I go through, I can use these gifts of these principles that God has given me, and I can use those, knowing that in the end He's going to show me that there was something bigger for all of this, and that I think gives gives people hope. I think that gives people hope, and hope changes everything. Really, hope does. changes everything. If you if you're going through something and you can find even the smallest bit of hope, I think that. That's enough to to light just the smallest little bit of a fire. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think I
0: totally agree with you that our faith walk kind of ebbs and flows um, through life for many different reasons. And certainly losses is one of them.
1: Yeah. Tax day is coming. Oh, no.
0: So what else other than faith, when you could lean on it, what else has been helpful along your healing journey?
1: Yeah. Um therapy, for sure. Um I have found very um so as i was just mentioning where some people are uh, aren't quite ready to hear that their pain has purpose i was there for sure if you would have said that to me back well, right after my mom passed i probably would have looked at you and rolled my eyes <laughs> you know because i wasn't ready and that's okay um i then you know, in that period of time, what I really needed was a therapist, someone trained to help me process through the grief that I was feeling or the trauma that I was feeling. So I've seen multiple therapists throughout my life, and I think they serve an incredible purpose. Um Of course, you got to find the right one, right? It's just like uh anything in life. Sometimes you don't click with the first one. So if you don't click with the first one, keep trying. But definitely, definitely, um a, a well-trained um, empathetic therapist is huge. I specifically have done some EMDR therapy. Um, mm-hmm. That has helped a lot for, um, I don't know how much your audience knows what EMDR is. I always forget. Do you know what that? I can never remember what the EMDR stands for, but it's like eye movement. Eye movement. Desensitization. I can't say the word. Yes. Yes. Desensitization. Uh, Yes. Thank you. Uh, I don't know why I just had that, like, you know, that brain poof where you're like, I should know what these letters stand for. But, um, but yeah, uh, that's. that's, uh,
0: the R. Sorry. That's okay. EMDR, eye movement, desensitization, which I can't say. um,
1: Recovery. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think that, that was very powerful. Long time ago. Yes. Um, I also have used tapping. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. i I know I actually listened to an episode on your podcast about the tapping and that just kind of further. Um, sometimes when I get really anxious and I can't calm myself down, which is common for a lot of us, um, tapping is huge. Um, yeah. I've used that before. I am a book nerd. Um, mm-hmm. so I have read, a lot of books and some of those are really really powerful. Um specifically I've read um um all it's all under control by Jennifer Dukes Lee. Um she's all or I've also uh read quite a few books by TD Jakes. Uh Destiny is probably my favorite cuz he really talks he has a whole chapter in there about how the painful things in our lives can actually open up like what we're destined to do. Um, so that's a really powerful book. Um, what was the other one? I actually wrote it down because I knew I would forget. Um, now I really love yes. you podcast because I love
0: talking about books.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And then um, the power of positive thinking actually by Norman Vincent Peale. It's a super old book. But it's really good. It talks so much about just our mindset with um, being able to think more positively. But he gives like so many different ways to do it because you know we all don't not not everything clicks with us the same. We're not all the same. Um, how about a, if it's okay for me to ask you a question? What are some of your favorites for for that? Only because like I said, I'm a book nerd and I would love I love reading and learning more from those and i have so many books that are favorites but the ones i use the most in my practice
0: are the body keeps the score okay i by, by um Bessel. i went like on his name but he he's the director of the trauma research foundation okay so he's a big big he's a dutch psychiatrist um my other favorite book is um the feeling good handbook and i like the handbook versus the book cuz the handbook is full of cognitive behavioral therapy exercises so it really teaches you how to to stop your thoughts and analyze your thoughts in an, in an effective manner so i've been teaching um, cbt for like i think i'm 18 19 years now yes. so favorite and then i tend to treat a lot of people that have um problems with anxiety. So the Anxiety and Phobia Workbook is just a beautiful guide of different skills in there. My favorite book of all time is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. It talks about suffering. Mm. He's a psychiatrist. He was in the Holocaust camps or concentration camps. Um, His family was, you know, killed. And yet he was able to help others despite being, you know, starving. And he had bugs and Mm -hmm. he was really sick and he was still able to find meaning by, you know, still looking for places where he could serve out a purpose. It's a really powerful book. And I admire him so much. And I, I don't think that I could have been who he was in those camps. Like he's just so crazy powerful. So that book was really inspiring as well. And of course the Bible, right? Yes. Um, yes. yes. See, really. I try to read all the books that my guests write. Oh, and, nice. and a lot of my clients write books. So um, I, I love supporting other people. I know that are writers I'm also working on my own memoir, so that will be out um, hopefully by January. things go well. yeah, so thank you for asking me. you' I think you're the first guest who's asked me that question. Oh maybe.
1: well, I, I, this is how we learn from other people, right? is by asking, um, and gosh, I books are so powerful. I often think, you know, you pick up the right book. I, God leads God has led me to the right book at the right time so many times. And you'll get like you might it might be the whole book or you'll get like one or two nuggets out of there that are just like uh that's exactly what I needed to hear. And it's it really and I think that's why I love them so much because especially from a, a God perspective, so many of us are trying to, we just want to hear what God, we just want to hear the answer. Or we want to hear God talk to us. I He speaks all the time through books, all the time. I mean, um, I would say uh, almost all of my book was written with like, I I would be I would handwrite more of it than I typed on the computer because when I write I feel like the Holy Spirit writes through me sometimes it sounds crazy I know but it's just how I feel like God talks to me sometimes And so sometimes I would just be writing and it would be furiously writing. And then maybe like my husband or my kids would try to walk in and I'd be like, no, 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 get out. (laughs) Please, please, please don't come in. Because you're getting like a download. That's T.D. Jakes calls it a download from the Holy Spirit. And you're just like, no, it's like you're trying to download something and and you're afraid if they walk in, the download will stop. And so that's like how it was with the book. I would just be like writing, writing, writing. And then I would go back and reread it. And I'd realize how much I needed that message as much as somebody else might. It was just so crazy for that. And so that's why I love to hear what other people are reading because so many of, and and being an author. I am now like people send me books a lot because, you know, we send each other books all the time. And, like, what, hey, what do you think about this? And, and oh my gosh, there's so many powerful books out there. So to be recommended though by someone like these books, I'm definitely going to look into these because when somebody recommends them, they've really impacted them in a big way. Just a heads up that the, the Feeling Good Handbook, yeah. the
0: joke, joke in uh, psychiatry, it's the Bible for psychotherapy. It's pretty, okay. so it's okay to just consider it as a reference book you know, go through the table of contents, reading what um, pops out at you. But it's a fabulous book for in terms of of how, learning how to analyze your thoughts in a more logical, clear headed way. Because a lot of times when we get emotional, we're not being logical. So, Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yes. yes, love it. The thing about the Holy Spirit when you're talking, because I wrote about the Holy Spirit in my in my book, and and I'm wondering now how much of it was how much of my flow was a, a download or not, and how funny is Jesus, right? Do mm-hmm. want me to tell you a little story about the Holy Spirit?
1: Oh, please. I love Holy Spirit stories.
0: Okay. Well, this one is probably quite unique. So, and it's in my book. Um, both of my grandmothers were um, faith-based women. One was Catholic, and the other was Pentecostal. So you can imagine, you know, I was very close to both of my grandmothers in different ways. So my Pentecostal grandmother um, has offered up Bible camp to me. And it was very boring where I lived. We lived in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, oh, I I had read all of my books. Like there was nothing left to read. Um, My mother bought me nine books at the beginning of summer. And I was done with them, you know, the first week and she was upset with me. (laughs) It's like, but you know, that's all I did was read. And so I agreed to go to Bible camp knowing that it would be church every day, knowing that in my grandmother's faith, all the girls had really long hair and only wore long dresses and I had really short hair. And so packed up the dresses and off I went. And so the first church night, the pastor's talking about the importance of getting the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that's all that was talked about during church. There'd be a lot of singing and then some of the kids would get the Holy Spirit. They would um, shout out, dance, hands raised Mm -hmm. and I would look at them, you know, very curious about it. Second night, same thing. Third night, same thing. Fourth night. And I start to panic. Because I'm not getting the Holy Ghost. Mm. And so the last night, all the children. Oh, I should have said I was in third grade. But I think that matters a lot. Okay, yeah. That's good. It's a good qualifier. Yeah. <laughs> so the last night, everybody's looking at me. Because the goal is 100% to have of the children get the Holy Ghost. And so I worried that I wouldn't be able to go home. I worried that um, I was some kind of, I didn't fit in. I already didn't fit in the way I looked. And so I decided I really needed to have the Holy Ghost too. So I raised my hands and praised and started dancing. So I got to go home. My grandmother picked me up and she asked me if I got the Holy Ghost. And I said, yes, I did. And she just praised Jesus. She was so excited. My I get home to my parents. My grandmother tells them, and they're both not going to church. They're not really religious at all. And they're like, oh, okay. So they get me home, and they say, so Karen, what happened? I said, I got the Holy Ghost. And they said, huh, well, what did you do? And I said, I did what all the other kids did. And then they said, could you show us? So I did. I put on a little performance, and they were just laughing and crying because <laughs> the performance. Yeah, that was the the funny story I have about the Holy Ghost. And oh my gosh, that's so cute! I hope my grandmother never found out the truth that I I was acting class. <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> oh shoot! I also believe all the other kids were too. They just wanted to to please the adults in the room. Right. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a hard hard thing to recognize when you're that young.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I I recognize now the times I have felt God in me. I know what that feels like, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't necessarily mean jumping around and dancing. It's just like this warm caress, this warm feeling of feeling really blessed, and it's a special moment, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. For me, it's goosebumps, not old goosebumps. That's totally different, but like. Like if I'm really like, if I'm talking to someone, especially if I'm, if, you know, they're going through something hard or whatever, and I'm just, it's like the my, the words aren't even mine almost. They're just flowing so fast. And then I get goosebumps. I'm like, oh, Holy Spirit's here. Holy Spirit is here. He knows. And, it's, and I didn't, I wouldn't, I did not recognize that until just within the last couple of years, I would say. And, you know, so that, that's been, that's been fun. That's been really cool, actually. And then, like I said, just to realize, I think we all feel the Holy Spirit in a different way. So for me, I feel him a lot when I write. So if I can get like some quiet time by myself where I'm just writing and it's nobody else and they can't, I'm not going to be interrupted. That's going to be awesome. But so many people feel it in different ways. Just like you said, you know. Therapy sessions. Yeah. And uh, the first time. I made
0: that connection, well, I don't know if it was the first time, but uh, a couple of my clients that are really spiritual had said to me in my early career, you know, you're very soothing, it's it's like really healing coming to talk with you, like you just seem to know the right thing to say when I need it. I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, that's interesting, I never thought of it that way, the way that they had shared it, but um, I do believe that working in any kind of helping profession is often a calling, you know, yeah. especially the people who really care about the work they're doing and yeah. feel like there's focus and passion in it.
1: Yeah. That's one of the things I love the most about medicine actually are the days that I get to hang out in the office, in the exam rooms with patients and just hear their stories. And I, 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 I liken it almost to, you know, when you go to your, um, like your hairdresser or your hair person. And you just, it's like everything comes out and you may only, I only see my hair person twice a year because I have long hair and I don't, I don't color it. So I don't need to go very often, but man, when I am in there, I just like tell her my life story and (laughs) she just has that, that um, ability. And so sometimes same with my patients, you know, I might ask them one question because a lot of my patients right now, like I said, they're going through, breast cancer. And so they, they have a lot of heavy stuff on their plate. And um, so just for somebody to ask them, you know, about other parts of their lives or just pick up on one thing and then just kind of ask them about it. Sometimes it's kind of like that. And I I love that when they feel like they can kind of share their story with me and, and I can be oops, like a witness for them too. So yeah, it's awesome.
0: Yeah. That's, it's healing, not just their physical bodies but you know their mind their spirit so I'm sure they love working with you yeah well thank you so much appreciate that what else would you like to share with my audience like any anything on your heart like for people who are out there and they're really struggling you know whether it's trauma or loss what's on your heart that you feel like would maybe plant that seed of hope in them
1: yeah, a couple of things that are coming to mind right now. Um, number one is just be kind to yourself, you know, be kind to yourself and knowing that um you'll get there. It's okay to it's okay to have days where you're not okay, you know, where you don't feel okay, you don't feel like there's purpose in your pain, you're having trouble finding hope, you don't feel like yourself. It's okay to have days like that. Um if if I could Suggest or uh, plant the seed that, um, but, but also know that um, sometimes change requires a choice. So we don't always have a choice of what happens to us. In fact, most of the time we don't have a choice of what happens to us. But we do often get to make small choices each day that can significantly change the trajectory of where we're going. Um, so a small choice might just be, you know, to find one thing that's positive to look forward to, or, you know, um, to choose to find a therapist or, um, to choose if, you know, for me, when my mom passed, uh, choosing to honor her memories more than to focus on just my grief. Um, but still knowing that, honoring her as part of the grief journey. And the other thing um, is, and this one, you know, again, here we're talking about the Holy Spirit. It just, it's like written on like a billboard across my eyes. So it's meant for somebody, somebody listening for, to this is meant to hear it, but the struggle is intentional. And that's a really hard thing to hear sometimes um, because I, I often have to remind myself and others that, God doesn't, uh, allow us to go. He doesn't necessarily, he doesn't cause the pain. He doesn't, he's not like, uh, this evil person up in, you know, just pointing arrows at people and saying, you're going to go through cancer and you're going to go through the death of your mom. And, you know, it's not like that. Um, but I think he allows us to walk through these painful things because he knows how much it's going to change us. And then I often tell, uh, my clients um let it you know let the let what you went through change you but let it change you in a good way let it change you so that you can use your story to unlock somebody else's prison someday. you know your story may be exactly what somebody else needs down the road to get past their most painful part in life and so just those two things There, are what's on my heart right now is um you know, be kind to yourself, so you have to fill your own cup up before you can fill up other people's. And then just know that the struggle is intentional, but it's intentional in a good way. It's intentional that we can change. Um, our lives can change in such a way that God's going to give you your something big or something different, and it most often comes through those very painful parts of our life, but we just have to make that shift in our brain to see, oh. I'm just going to think about this a little bit differently here. So that's all. I just wished I could give them all a big hug because I'm a Midwestern girl and we give hugs to everybody. (laughs) So I often say like we meet for the first time and you're not a hugger. Just go ahead and put your hand right out and I'll know that you're uh, a handshaker instead of a hugger because otherwise I'm probably going to come in. I'm going to come in for a big old hug. So those are the things I'd love to say. Yeah, and for people listening, you know, that
0: was beautiful. But if you're alone and need a hug, um, you can hug yourself. Um, Somebody got early, they needed to be soothed, and I wasn't there that they could go ahead and squeeze themselves. Mm -hmm. So, squeeze. Anybody listen? Yes, I love that. Thank you. Um, You're beautiful inside and out. Um, Thank you. get to know you more or reach out to you, how do they get in contact with you?
1: Yeah, the best place is uh, my website, which is com. But I also hang out on Facebook, um, Sonia Joy Mac author, and then on Instagram at Sonia Joy Mac. So those are um, the best places to get to know me and learn how we can become uh in integral parts of each other's lives because it's we're in this together. That's my tagline. We're in this together. Beautiful. All right. Well for being on our show today. Awesome. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening in today. Please join us next week. Same day and time. Also, I would love for you to check out my website, HealThriveDream.com.